Hey everyone, thank you for joining me today as we take our walk through the strange Paradiso. I'm outside in my shack. It's uh, really warm in here. It's much warmer in my shack today than it is in my house. So it's nice and comfortable here and the sun is out and so it's bright, very comfortable. I really like it in here. One of the reasons that I came in here to do this episode is because I want to talk a little bit about the Smurl haunting. I know that um, many of us have heard this story many times, but there are still questions as well as this story is as many of the other high profile cases of hauntings. It's um, very controversial. So apparently, Jack and Janet Smurl lost everything during a hurricane. It was Hurricane Agnes, and that took place in 1972. So after that, they moved in with Jack's parents. Now, his parents had a duplex. So I guess his parents lived on one side of the duplex, and they lived on the other. They decided, Jack and Janet, decided to do some remodeling. So they remodeled the bathroom and other things. And it was after that, after the remodeling, that um, they noticed certain things began to happen. The first one just seemed like nothing. So there was a stain that appeared on the carpet that could not be removed. This thing was just a permanent stain that just appeared out of nowhere. So things became progressively worse from there. From the time they noticed this stain, things just seemed to accelerate and get worse. One of their daughters said that she saw people floating around in her bedroom And um, there were scratches on the new whatever they had done in the bathroom, like the tub or the sink and things like that. They were all scratched up. Their TV exploded into flames. And all of these things happening after the remodel, okay? So um, I do know that the Smurls were Catholic, They contacted the church, tried to get somebody out there to come and take a look, to maybe come and bless the house, help them. The church refused. Now, as far as I know, they tried more than once to contact the church and get a priest or somebody out there. But no one would deal with it. No one wanted to go out there and check it out or help these people. I mean, as far as the church, okay? So now, um, I don't know how this all took place, but somehow or other, Ed and Lorraine Warren were contacted, okay, to go and help these people see what they could do. But in the meantime, many people ask, well, The parents were already living there. 
It was their duplex. So how is it that suddenly all this stuff starts happening in there? It wasn't like they all just moved in to a new residence or anything like that. For some reason, it seems that maybe there was something dormant in there. And during the remodeling, that's when these things were disturbed, okay, and came out of their hibernation. We hear about this from time to time, how people will remodel, tear down walls, do certain things, and then it, it all of a sudden there will be activity where there was never any before. So that, to me, says that whatever was in that establishment, okay, whatever was in that residence, that they claimed that place as their their own, okay? Whatever these entities were claimed that place. Somehow, they had a legal right to be there. Now, that property, that residence, it says was originally built in the 1800s. So, this was a pretty old place. Let me check and see when it says that originally built in 1896. So even though this happened between 1974 and 1989, I mean, that was a pretty old place, okay? So with all of this going on, okay, now one of the reasons besides just the fact that the parents had been living there. And a lot of people do not subscribe to the theory about remodeling. A lot of people say, no, that's not going to cause anything and so on. I really don't know, but I have heard of this happening quite a few times with remodeling. Okay, there was something already in there that uh, somehow had a right to be in there. Okay, now when we look at how many years this went on. That's 15 years. So these people lived in this place with all of this stuff going on for 15 years. So why didn't they move out? Why didn't they just leave? One of the theories about this is that um, these people stated that the entities that were in the house were no longer attached to the house. The entities were attached to the Smurl family. Now, how they came to that conclusion, I don't know. It said that they wanted to get away from the house for a short time. So they packed up and they went to like a camping trip for the weekend in the woods and uh, they could hear pounding and things like that on their vehicle at night. So I guess maybe that's how they figured that these things followed them. So these things now were attached to the family. I don't know about that. Um, as far as the way that I feel, there had to be an entryway, okay? There had to be an entry point for this or how, I don't know how many actual entities were in this place, but for them to attach to the family, there had to be a doorway. 
So I don't know. Also, we have to look at how long ago this happened. So I know that during all of these years, since even 1989, I guess when they finally moved from that place, many years have passed. And within those years, you know, the story has changed a little bit. It has shifted. Certain things have been added. Certain things have been left out. So um, the other theory, because there are many, it's very controversial. One of the other theories is because they had four daughters, okay, who I guess were maybe at least one of them or two of them during this time were going through puberty. Now, we know that that causes or it's been known to cause certain things happening like with poltergeist activity. But this particular thing seems to be beyond poltergeist activity, even though some of it, okay, is similar. But here's my thing. This is what caught my attention. So their four daughters were already born during the time that they first moved in with Jack's parents, okay? So you've got the Hurricane Agnes, Jack and Janet lose everything and they have to move because of the damage to their residence during Hurricane Agnes. So them and their four daughters move into the house with Jack's parents, okay? They move into the duplex. But during all of this time, when they're going through all of this horrible activity, they have two more daughters. They were twins, okay? But what I'm saying is, I don't know if I was living in a place where things were exploding, catching on fire, there's all this activity, we're trying to get help, we can't even get help from the Catholic Church, no one will come out, we don't know what to do. And then they become pregnant. And now I'm I'm not trying to, oh, how do I put this? <laughs> That's the last thing I'd be thinking of, okay? I mean, I'm just saying. Think about this, guys. You don't know if you can just go to sleep at night and what may be getting ready to happen because the place you're living in just seems to be so demonically infested. But yet... You you got time to, you know, or you feel like doing the bang tango. I mean, I'm just saying. So that was just one that caught my attention. I But I can only speak for myself. Like, yeah, I don't think that, you know, no, that, that, not in this type of situation, okay? So, um... That, to me, just adds a little bit of the controversy. Now, since no one will help these people, they can't seem to get anyone to help them. And they don't want any publicity either. Because apparently, somehow, people around the area found out and they were becoming like, um, I guess, kind of like laughing stock. People just didn't want to uh, maybe associate and things like that. 
they were becoming like pariahs, okay? So I don't know how, but somehow Ed and Lorraine Warren were contacted, brought into the picture, went out there and lived in that house for some time just to see what was happening so that they could witness it for themselves. They came back and said that the place was indeed active and that only one of the entities in said place was diabolical. So they got one of uh, a Vatican-ordained exorcist to go out to the house and see what's happening. Because Ed Warren, who was a demonologist himself, said that uh, that's the only way they could get rid of the entity. All right. So this uh, this exorcist goes out there and stays in the house for a couple of days and nothing happens. There's nothing. There's no activity. The place is quiet. It's calm. So uh, the husband and wife, the, the Smurls, say, well, that's because... They know you're here. So when people come out who are like ministers and people like that, well, these entities remain quiet because they don't want to be cast out. Somehow or other, I guess towards the end, I don't know what year, okay? But um, there was an exorcism performed at the house. I guess in 1989, Jack and Janet moved from the duplex into another place. I don't know if the entity or entities followed them afterwards because after the exorcism, I'm, I'm not sure about exactly what happened. But other people who moved in to that duplex said that there was nothing happening in there. They say there was there was nothing at all. Everything was calm and uh, there was no activity. Now, how many times have we heard that though, guys? We've heard that with the Amityville house. We've heard that with many places that people had been chased out of. And then others will go in there and they'll be like, there's nothing happening in here. This place is not haunted. So... Just what is happening here? I'm not saying at all that the Smurls did not have some something. I mean, I'm not saying they didn't witness anything. I'm not saying that this is a um, falsehood or a, a tall tale. I'm not saying that at all. But what really happened. And as far as I know, okay, they did not want any publicity from this because then you've got some other people who say, oh, they just wanted publicity. They just wanted money and maybe um, a movie made out of this and what have you. I don't think that they would have endured 15 years of this type of activity if it was just for money. And also they didn't want any publicity. They didn't want to talk to any journalist, any newspaper people, or anything. 
But there are just also, okay, within this, there are some kind of like contradictions. Like I was saying about, you know, them having more children while they are enduring this ordeal. So I guess we just have to look at this, maybe dive a little bit deeper into this story and see what we think about it. But this is one of those things that um, I don't think that the questions will ever really be answered. We won't really know. And once again, the older the story gets, the more it changes. So whatever it is that we know now, it has changed, I don't know how many times, since 1974 to 1989 to today, as well as the Amityville whole thing. I can, from what I know, I can look and see, well, you know, the husband during that time had been involved into the occult. He had been involved in the black magic, okay? So, I mean, there's your entryway right there. If we are to believe that. But did it really happen that way? Was it really because he had been involved in the past? See, these things we really don't know for sure. We know that it makes it more of a possibility, but we don't know for sure, okay? And once again, we look at the Smurl hunting. As far as it's known, these people were Catholics. I believe they were going to church. They were not just Catholics because they were baptized Catholics. They were actually church-going Catholics. So how would this happen to them? How would any type of entity be able to attach to any member of that family, okay? Where was the doorway? What was the entry point? So... I just, uh, I wasn't really going to bring this up, but just certain things just caught my attention about it. And um, I, I don't know where else to go with this because while it's very interesting to me, it's not the only case. There are many similar ones like this. I heard um, one theory about uh, the Bell Witch Haunting. I'm going to talk about that at a later time. And one of the reasons is because um, it was mentioned, okay, that this really was not a haunting the way that... um, we believe 
hauntings occur, that this was something that happened because there was someone who was actually being sexually abused at the time. I don't know if this is true. This is theory to me, okay? Because anything that we cannot prove actually would have to be theory. Because I wasn't there. I don't have any real knowledge of it. This happened long, long ago. But that is something that I have heard a little bit more recently. And how that, I guess, caused some sort of poltergeist activity. Once again, guys, I don't know. But anyways, um, let's see. There was something else that I want to share with you guys. Now, this actually happened. Okay, so this guy is in his bedroom. He's getting ready to go to sleep. His foot, the foot of his bed is actually, or if he was to sit up in his bed, let me, let me get it together here. If he was to sit up in his bed, he's looking straight at the bedroom door. Now to the right of his bedroom door is like the landing, okay? Because he's up on the second floor. So he says, if I just sit up in my bed and look straight forward, there's the bedroom door and the landing, the top stairway of the stairway is just to the right of my bedroom door. So for some reason, he says, he was laying in bed. He's like, you know, starting to drift off. And for some reason, he just became wide awake and very alert. So he kind of props himself up on his elbow. His bedroom door is open. It's dark. And he sees this thing. He doesn't hear anything. It's quiet. But he sees this thing like peek around the corner to look in to his room. And he was so startled. He didn't know what to do. He for a moment thought it's a person, but then quickly realized that while it was humanoid, it was not a person. So he went like, <gasps> like that. And when he did that, that thing dropped down and scurried down the stairway. And he said he could hear it. He could hear that thing going down the stairway, even though he didn't hear anything before. Now, he describes this thing as being, like, very thin. He said almost like twigs with a round head. And everything was very dark. This thing was very dark. But the eye area, the eyes, were white and round. He said it's like... There was no different color of eye. 
No iris, even though it was too dark to really see, but on a real person, you know that their eyes are not glowing, okay? But these eyes were white, glowing white. Then, after he hears this thing going down the stairway, at the bottom of the stairway, it's tile. He said the entire downstairs was tile, and he could hear something running down there. He said it like the sound of bare feet running on that tile. He could hear like the feet slapping on the tile, running. Yuck. Oh, my gosh. So he doesn't want to go downstairs because he's scared. It freaked him out, and he doesn't even want to call out to anyone. He didn't live in this place alone. He had family members in there. But he was too scared to even call out. He was too scared to get up, even close his bedroom door. So whatever was in that house, he said, he, there was no door opening, no sound, no nothing. So his, his fear was that this thing was still in the house. And he could not go back to sleep. Somehow, he went to sleep. He said, my intention was to stay awake all night. But somehow, he went to sleep because he woke up in the morning as the sun is barely starting to come up. And then he remembers what happened. His bedroom door is still open. He gets up and he closes the bedroom door. And he said, I put my back against the bedroom door. And I'm thinking, what am I going to do? Because he's even afraid to go downstairs. But he wants to go and tell someone, alert someone, and make sure that there's nothing in the house. So he goes ahead. He puts his clothes on. Then he goes downstairs and looks around. Everything's closed. Everything's locked. There's no sign of any type of entry. No, nothing turned around. Nothing moved around. No prints anywhere. And instead of that making him feel better, it made him feel worse. Because he said, whatever I saw was still in the house. So he told his brother, they went looking around. They stayed up the next night waiting for something to happen, which never did. But he is convinced. They they moved from that house a couple of years later. But he's convinced that whatever that thing was is still in that house to this day. Now, he says that they were the first owners of that house. It was brand new. So whatever this thing was, it had to have already been there, like on the grounds before the house was built. This particular area is built where... um, No house actually should have been built ever. Actually, no 
structure for people should never have been built in that area. But we know that uh, nothing's sacred, so many places are like this. So what's going to happen there in the future? Maybe someone's going to want to remodel. Now, is that going to activate something? Is that going to cause activity to begin? Now, this is the only thing why maybe this won't happen there. Now, he says that just because it may not happen in that house, it may happen in another house in that same neighborhood. And the reason for that is he doesn't feel that any walls will be able to be torn down or any type of structural modifications will be able to be made because of the size. He said this place is very small. It was like a little less than 1,200 square feet. Even though it was a three, it's a three bedroom. He said the downstairs, you can see the entire downstairs from the stairway. That's how small it is. A small kitchen, right next to the small kitchen is the little small dining area and then the living room. He said it's very small. So there's really nothing to knock down. You can't make it any bigger. The only thing you could actually do would be to put something up. But why would you want to do that? Because it's already dinky. The same thing with upstairs. He says there's nothing to knock down. It's impossible. You can't make the place bigger. So that may be the saving grace. But maybe it wouldn't even take that. Maybe it would just take a certain person. Maybe someone who has um, been engaging in certain things, okay? Or maybe someone who's very sensitive to go there or move in. Maybe that would bring it out. I mean, I, I hope not. Or maybe it was just, who knows, okay? Was he dreaming this? Could it have been a dream? He says no. But we can't say for sure. The reason that uh, I even know about this is because I actually used to live in that neighborhood. And I'm going to tell you guys, there was a lot going on there. From the time we moved in to the time we moved out, there was a lot. Everyone experienced something. Even those of us who may be called skeptics. I mean, I have to be a bit of a skeptic. I can't just believe every single thing. Okay, I have to look for reasons other than just uh, hauntings or paranormal or whatever you want to call it before I believe it. 
We all have to have a bit of skepticism. But with this place, there was, I mean, you couldn't be a skeptic at this place. And even people in my family who just don't believe in anything like that, don't want to talk about it, they don't believe it, they say they've never experienced anything. Well, every single person in my family, as well as visitors, experienced something in that place. And I had, at the time, this little dog. It was this little toy poodle, okay? This guy was not a barking dog. I trained my dogs not to be barking dogs. Those dogs that just bark if someone's walking down the street or whatever. No, I trained my dogs not to do that. And he was not a barker. So he would sleep in his little bed. I mean, this guy was like, I, I don't even believe he was 10 pounds. I think he was like about 8 pounds. Just a little dinky guy. He was like a teacup poodle, okay? And uh, so he would sleep in his little tiny, actually it was a little cat bed with a cover on it. It looked like a little hut, whatever you want to call it. And um, one night, he just got up and started barking. And he was barking and looking at the door, okay, the bedroom door. My bedroom door at this time was open. And so when he starts barking, and he was barking like with a vengeance, like there was somebody there. And so I woke up, I sat up, I looked at him, I looked at the door, I got up, looked around, there was no one there. Not only were there, was there no one there, but I didn't even feel anything. I didn't feel or sense anything. And I'm really, really sensitive, okay? So I picked him up, and then I went, and I put him in the backyard for him to go do his number because I figured, well, you know, since we're awake. And that was it. But it really startled me. And I couldn't shake the feeling that he was barking only because he sensed something, even though I didn't. And that was the only time he did that. But yes, it was in that same neighborhood. And the majority of people, my neighbors, all had experiences. They all would tell me, about things that had happened in their house, things they had seen, things they had heard. My personal belief is that the entire neighborhood is active. That entire place. Now, it's not a big area. It's probably one to three, maybe about six blocks. I don't know how many houses are in there. But it's not big. It's not like some of these big, huge neighborhoods. But I, everyone and anyone who I ever spoke to all told me about things 
that they had experienced. And some of them, um, they would see me like maybe a couple of years ago. I saw one of my old neighbors. I think I was at Lowe's and he recognized me. And then he came up and he was talking to me and stuff. And he started telling me about certain things and why they moved, why they ended up moving. And one of the things that he told me was that this was like in February. He said it was winter, maybe the end of January or February, but it was winter. It's when it still got dark earlier and it was cold and all this stuff. And somebody rang their doorbell. He went to go and answer it. And it looked like it was a small child in a Halloween costume just standing there. And he said, what are you doing here? Where, where's your mom? Where's your dad? And the kid didn't say anything. Just stood there looking at him. And he said, maybe that freaked me out. I don't know. But this kid or this thing that looked like a kid because of the size was wearing a mask. And when he looked into the eyes of the mask, he didn't see anything. I was like, you didn't see eyes? He said, no, I didn't see anything. I just saw like nothing, just darkness. And the the kid, which he said, I, the only reason I'm calling this a kid is because it was like this tall and he was wearing this outfit or she, whatever it was. And the porch light was on. He said, I did not see any eyes. The thing didn't move. It didn't speak. Nothing. He said, I felt guilty, but I had to close the door. I didn't know what it was I was looking at. He closed the door. He went around to look out at his front window. Then he came back and opened the door and the thing was gone. And there were a couple of other mysterious things that happened there. And then one day they just decided, we're just going to sell this place. We're getting out of here. So these are people who don't even know what this place is built on, who are coming forward and talking about their experiences there. And I have told people, and I know that I've shared this with you also, guys, before in the past, that the only reason that I knew is because one of my friends, she was not into the paranormal so much, but she was into history, and she had read about the history of the area. She was just an avid reader. And then she told me about what it used to be before they started building on this place. So... After that, as I started reading and looking into it, I realized that it wasn't just our neighborhood. I mean, this thing stretched pretty much all over that particular city. Especially, though, where we were located because that is where the water is. And it used to be, I guess, a running river. And you can still see it. You can still see where that 
river was, even though it's concrete now, they turned it into like a flood control, but uh, it makes sense because all the villages, all the places like that were close to water because they need water and they would fish and all the other things. So the entire area is active. As well as we took a walking tour. This is a few years ago. We took a nighttime walking tour around uh, part of the, the city. So we were given some history about the city. And also it was shared with us some of the activity that goes on in that particular city. And I noticed that, okay, well, this is like where the water is also because that area that I lived in near that flood control, well, it stretches all the way over there where we were taking that walking tour and further out. So it made perfect sense to me. As well as you guys know that I'm not a big EVP fan and uh, things like that. But this person shared some EVP because uh, come to find out he belonged to some sort of paranormal group. This EVP that he had was unbelievably clear. No one had to tell you what the voices said. It was very clear. No mistaking it. And I knew exactly where it came from because he had his device and he held up his device. I could see one of the rooms that that EVP came from and I knew exactly where it was. Now, he was not at liberty to share with us where they did this investigation, but I knew and I told him. I didn't ask him. I told him, oh, that's at blah, blah, blah. And then he just looked at me and he just, he's like, well, you know, I can't. Say, I said, yeah, you don't have to. I already know where that is. And it's not far. I told him it's not far from where we are right now. I know where it's at. Anyways, guys, um, that's all that I've got for today. I'm going to try to be back. I don't know if I'll be able to be back tomorrow, but I'm going to try, okay? And then at that time, I'm going to share some more things with you that I have learned recently, as well as I have gotten some feedback about the whole um, Super Bowl, you know, football stuff and all that. And there are many people out there, I didn't realize this, who agree and who say, yeah, we've been saying that this is a contrived type of uh, relationship. Maybe it's for publicity. Maybe it's for other reasons and so on. I think it's a mixed bag of reasons why this is happening but, um, yeah, I just don't see it being organic or just one of those regular boy meets girl type of deals and fall in love. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm correct, but it just seems to me, you know, it's just my own personal belief. We have to go with our beliefs and, you know, we all have a right to believe, to feel how we do, okay? So anyways, I'm going to thank you all again for joining me. I'll try to be back as soon as possible, and I am trying for tomorrow, okay? We're supposed to get a quite a bit of rain. We'll just see 
we were supposed to get this big wind storm last weekend also, but that never happened. I think we're probably windier today than we were supposed to be Saturday and Sunday, whatever. So anyways, um, once again, guys, I really appreciate all of you taking time out of your day to come and join on this walk. We'll be walking and talking again soon. Ciao.